BoJack season 6. Today we'll be watching season 2, episode 8, called Let's Find Out. And my guest today is from LA. Her name is Alia. That's is right. That correct? Oh, good. Welcome. Thank you. I'm very pleased you're, to be here. Oh, I'm very happy that you're here now. Since you're in my podcast, you are a Hollywood celebrity now. <laughs> so tell me all about yourself. How did you discover BoJack? I started boycotting any media that had ads shuffled into it, like late 90s, early 2000s. I just was done. So I, I really didn't watch media for a really long time. I was really, really disillusioned with it. I was like, whatever, you guys, just everything sucks and why bother? And so I just waited and waited and waited and waited. And then one day this thing came along called Netflix that they mail you movies. And I was like, I was on it. Like I was totally grabbed right onto it. And then I had Netflix forever. And then one day somebody said, well, do you watch the shows? And I was like, what do you, what do you mean shows? I don't, what are you talking about shows? They were like, well, they make their own shows. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll look at that. Probably sucks like everything else. <laughs> but then one day I happened upon BoJack. And when I first saw BoJack, I thought, hmm, that looks like it might not suck. But, it, you know, I had no like particular attraction to it. But when I actually sat down and put it on, they had me immediately as soon as he was talking to Charlie Rose about <laughs> <laughs> Very first scene. Yeah, how drunk he was, and <laughs> he parked in a handicap spot. I was like, oh my God, somebody's talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> like the real shit is happening yeah, here. So like, I, yeah, gotta, like, I gotta pay attention. <laughs> the rampant narcissism of Hollywood is starting to seep out the seams somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and how is it like to live in LA? Like, do you pick up the jokes when you're like seeing some store? Oh, yeah. Seeing I mean, some places from LA that you recognize when they then mention on the show. Totally, totally. And especially the, the business, like the industry. LA is pretty much all about that. So how do you feel about that? Los Angeles is the big microphone and the big microphone has a lot of power. And so people with money don't want you to get on it unless you're going to say what they want you to say. And so the whole thing is the arts of Los Angeles are desperately muddied by the finance of Los Angeles. And I don't know, I'm probably not answering this question according to what you asked me. <laughs> it's, but, it's a weird, it's a weird but question. But I think don't that worry. Like, right now with the Epstein stuff and how like he's getting exposed and he's getting the shit beaten out of him in jail mm -hmm. and stuff. I think that that's really good for the arts because he was one of the people that whole team that whole rapey team was one of the groups of people that was like no you can't get on the big microphone unless you're one of us mm -hmm. and so every one of those icky bad people that we can get off the microphone the better chance we have of like speaking on the truth and mm -hmm. i feel like that's what bojack does bojack speaks on the truth and oh my god one thing i have to say this i have to say this because you get a lot of attention and i just want to just pour my <laughs> heart out about go this. for it every single season they manage to do something more painful more tragic mm. than the last without getting cheap like they find mm. a way there's like no there's human suffering that is worse even than that and they do a pretty darn good job of exploring the human suffering that is inescapable, even though Bojack does everything wrong. But, mm -hmm. you know, that just makes it more obvious. Like, 
Mr. Peanut Butter probably does all of those things, just a little bit less. And you don't see them as mm -hmm. clearly. But like, Mr. Peanut Butter suffers the same way that Bojack suffers. He's just not talking about it all the time, you know? He's not fetishizing it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like- He's not accessing right, like, those when, feelings. When Bojack thinks he's good, like when, Mr. Peanut Butter thinks Bojax is gonna be his friend for like three seconds and look with the mighty mighty Boston's and then it turns out he's mm -hmm. like no and like he's so heartbroken and devastated like he, that's the, the most self-destructive we ever see him but just in that yeah. one moment that very very small betrayal had he reacts exactly like Bojack. He has that darkness inside of him too yeah but he is very much distracted by everything happening around him for him to notice that so he really is too stupid to know how miserable he should be. Yeah, and, and <laughs> it's a great episode that we're about to see because yes. it talks very much about that and especially that scene in the rain with yes. those two. It's great. So yes. we're going to get really real. <laughs> really, 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 with really, thunder really real. and rains and everything <laughs> that TV has to offer. <laughs> totally. Uh, uh. Yeah. Okay, so if you're listening to this, now it's the time to get ready to press play right after I say three. Okay, so one, two, three. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. This starts very crazy. This, this is so exactly what it's like to, um, to be in a show. To be on a show, yeah. What's your experience with that? Like, um, I don't know. I've been, I mean, I've been around studios. I've made short films. Mostly I have not spent a lot of time in this environment, but you know, I'm familiar enough, enough with it. Like that when you look at it, like it's all this franticness, but what really I love about it is that it's just this horribly boring backdrop. Like, <laughs> like behind the scenes is always really so boring and, drab and like and, and then until you get to the control room and then it's all about the gear <laughs> and a lot of buttons that's and, my and that's control. my dream is like mm -hmm. is that room i i don't want to be in there running the panels i want to own one <laughs> yeah like the the boss yeah. the boss behind the I panel want to hire who goes and runs the room that's the job i want mm-hmm but that's, in this scenario, you'll be you'll be hiring JD Salinger. Yes, <laughs> I, yeah, I would I would probably do that. Yeah, it, I I think it's the best position to call the shots and and say what goes and what doesn't. I'm not named Mia McKibben or anything, so I don't think I'd make it as a newscaster. Or <laughs> why not? Well, I don't have the name for it. Oh, yeah, you gotta have the name. <laughs> I'm more, I'm more Todd. In which way? Like, coming in and, like, bumbling about and sort of being, like, trying to be helpful, but really accidentally mm -hmm. being really self-centered and causing problems. Well, you know, like, the more I try to, like, impress people, the more problems I tend to cause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's hard when you don't know how to navigate to those things, like, hey, didn't know he couldn't uh, shut down the whole light of the studio. No, but <laughs> just to make a panini. But still, like, Ed, there's there's no universe where like it was like who could possibly look at something like that 
and take out the main plug ever. (laughs) Who does that? Nobody does that. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. But he's like so excited about maybe getting the pen, you know? Like, Uh uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah. That's me. Oh, of course, the best part is the best part. It's the intro. Everybody loves it. It's so meaningful. It's genius. They tell the whole show. Yeah. And in such like a a beautiful efficiency. And like Mm -hmm. the music is so like you like I used to when I first started watching this show, I would watch this show to listen to this song. Mm -hmm. Like when I think I've had enough, it's enough with the fucking shame and guilt and, you know, my face in the shit of humanity. Like, <laughs> playing the song again. I'll listen to this. I'll watch another episode. Yeah. <laughs> just get in the mood and then go for it and then dive again. Because totally. I, 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 I love when he goes into the pool and it's like, yes, it's so powerful. And of course, we have the studio and everything is bright and uh-huh. you crazy. Know, you know, in like the dark ages, um, when, like, you weren't, no one was allowed to make art except the church. And mm-hmm. like, that's one of the things that they did was like, it would be like winter, right? And nobody, nobody had access to color. And then there are the churches on Sunday opening, like they would keep the paintings in like cabinets and then they'd open mm-hmm. the cabinets on Sunday and everybody would be like, oh, color, like, because color affects us, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just, I think that that same dynamic is maybe even being played at by the writers by having the the drabness of the backstage environment and the brightness of the onstage environment. Mm-hmm. And I feel that's so fucked up to to think of someone uh, getting control of colors and and by that controlling your feelings. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's already like been done. Like. So don't think nobody yeah. thought of it because they thought of it and did it hundreds and thousands of years ago. Yes. But, um, yeah. And there's no one that could present this other than Mr. Peanut Butter. <laughs> they need someone clueless well, as him that, to do that. That's the thing is like, we don't have the church telling us we can't look at color unless we come on to church on Sunday to see it. We have fucking everybody telling us you don't get to look at color unless you're willing for us to secretly implant messages in your head that you need more soda and gasoline. Yes. And they're not beholden to those industries. That's one of the reasons I love Netflix. I hope they don't fuck it up. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of seems like they're, they're itching they're, to fuck it up. Yeah. Since there's money dictating the the decisions, they are doing this. Yeah, this was the result of them not having anything to lose when they made Bojack. They still didn't have anything to lose. Yeah, it was right at the beginning. And mm-hmm. now they have a lot to lose and they're starting to what are these reality shows with these? Ugh. Yeah. Um, oh in so many stand-ups oh my god every week there's a new stand-up oh that doesn't bother <laughs> me at all <laughs> do you like them <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me one that you like then so i can try to see if i oh jesus well it. have you seen hari kanabolu warn your relatives no but i will oh fuck me that is the best fucking special have you okay. seen joe rogan strange times I'm I'm not into them, so I don't watch them. But send me those names and I'll try. <laughs> yeah. 
You'll love Hari Kanapolo. Oh, great. And I feel like I'm always like going through life. Like uh, we, we went to that scene already, but almost like Bojack. Bojack is always questioning the, the whole audience. Like, did you guys rehearse? Did you guys this is our first episode. How do you know when to say things? <laughs> and I'm always like that. I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah, I feel like Bojack's whole world is like a series of what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to everything, to Vincent <laughs> Adult Man, to all those stuff. <laughs> right, Silver, right. Seriously, <laughs> is everybody in on it but me? Like, seriously? Are you guys yeah. all fucking. Because this is crazy. Like, you guys are fucking crazy. How did you agree? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally, totally. And it's live TV also. Huh? And and, and this is also live. It's not taped, so you right. can't go back. Yeah. And that's why you have to have somebody brainless like Mr. Peanut Butter to run a thing that's going to be live because you have to have somebody that can't be affected by reality because reality bums people out. Yeah, and you can improvise really good. Too. Reality TV. That's what I... Fucking reality TV. God. <laughs> it's, it's funny, this concept, right? Uh, reality TV is the, the least... is the, the thing that is... Farther away absent, from reality. Right? Most <laughs> absent from reality TV shows. There is it's everything edited to make you feel like totally, that. Totally. There's like nobody, it's basically nobody's even trying to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and oh, I got so much respect for Danny Radcliffe to go to this, like truly lend his voice to this character because <laughs> it's so hilarious. Um, you know, what's really funny for me is because, like, when I first saw this episode, I did not know mm -hmm. who Daniel Radcliffe was. Oh, and then what happened? I know the other guy, the Hobbit. Oh, the, the <laughs> Elijah Wood. <laughs> yeah, I know Elijah Wood. And so, uh -huh. and so, like, I cracked up when he said that because I was like, that's who I thought that was this whole time. Like, I thought that they had a character that, like, I thought Elijah Wood wouldn't let them use his name or something. So they had made a character that was just like Elijah Wood instead. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole different way to see the episode but it's great <laughs> i love your version oh my god oh my god but then you google him and you know that oh, he exists no. now oh no honey oh no that's not how i roll i don't do research i wait for the universe to bring me information it always does it always it does, does. It is. <laughs> just wait <laughs> the universe works in mysterious ways yeah somebody so. started talking about harry potter to me and they said his name and i was like oh wait what <laughs> you know <laughs> thank you for bringing me that yeah, i know that i know that I was, name i was kind of needing that information and i'll tell him i'll use it as an excuse to plug bojack i'm like i know that from bojack because oh, yeah <laughs> whoever this daniel radcliffe guy is he's not as cool as bojack <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I gotta admit that I do that too. Oh, you have a dog? Oh, I know a dog from a show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God.
bad. That's yeah, <laughs> that, that, that is a problem. <laughs> no, you don't understand. I made my therapist start watching BoJack. Oh, I, I couldn't do mine. Mine hated. What? So <laughs> he, he hated BoJack. He was I like, think you need. What a new is therapist. your problem? <laughs> yeah, he's not my therapist anymore. <laughs> good. Get yourself a good one. God. Yeah. My, a good one could understand why. My therapist, when I people relate to it. Yeah. When I when I when my therapist saw it, her immediate reaction was, "Oh my God, Aaliyah, that's so brilliant and genius. I can't believe I've never seen this show." So mm-hmm. find a better therapist. There's a better one out yeah. there for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you deserve a looking. you deserve a good therapist that understands. Everybody deserves that. That that's like basic healthcare, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. God. <laughs> you know what though? When you think about it, if everybody well, if everybody has a therapist, then everybody needs mm-hmm. to basically be a therapist. Yes. And so, like. Eventually, it's going to be the older will be the therapists of the younger, and that will switch mm-hmm. as they age, which puts us in the position of every day that we uh, build this system, we create more of a dynamic where we are providing a service that was not provided to us. Mm-hmm. And we have to be careful not to end up like the baby boomers who are like, whatever, nobody fucking raped you at 10. Like, you got it easy. I shouldn't have to I shouldn't have to respect your fucking like sexual identity or your fucking political identity because I saved you from a bunch of shit that you didn't have to deal with. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's uh, that's so trouble. <laughs> Those generation gaps and stuff. Yeah, that's like the hardest part. I see it everywhere. Everywhere that there has been like like the generation, the next generation has it easier. The generation mm-hmm. before somehow sabotages it because they're like bitter. That like they're, they're you know, because like, it's like um, my my friend, I'm going to tell a story about my friend. I have a friend who's African-American. She grew up in Compton in LA and she fucking worked her ass off to get her ass out here to fucking Woodland Hills, suburbia, like nothing but money in every direction that you look and now her kids, who she has provided for by working to her, like, to the bone, a, mm-hmm. she's like, I don't understand, Aaliyah, my kids are white, you know? But I don't think it's getting easier to the new generation. Well, but that's the, I think it's getting fucked up. It's not about the conglomerate. It's about in the immediate that when you provide more for your children than you had, they mm-hmm. have a more entitled attitude than you had. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it's very hard to give your kids, like, a better life than you had without also giving them entitlement issues. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we're thinking about starting a whole, like, like, like a, like a book series on how, like, how to provide for your children without allowing them to become entitled, like how to with withhold entitlement while still providing nurture kind of thing. So, so they can be. (laughs) <laughs> exactly so they're not douchebags exactly because we're yeah. raising douchebags uh-huh yeah that that's good it's very, i think we need she, that kind of she was literature. shocked she was shocked she's like i can't like i she's like i can't believe that this happened to me how did my kids get this way and i'm like you did because nobody's doing anything on purpose it's just if you play along the game makes you fail <laughs> the game yeah you can't play the game there's no escape the, the game yeah. of like the the monopoly game of this country's false 
uh, meritocracy built on this idea that if you have money, you must be really smart to have gotten that money. And that's how we got mm-hmm. Trump as a president. And like, <laughs> that's, uh, it's all so fucked up. Oh. But it's not, the problem is that it's not connected. Like money, it's far away from Money doesn't from exist. Smart. I, have a, I have a business degree from Pepperdine University. Mm-hmm. Money doesn't exist. There's no such thing as money. Money is... Mm-hmm. And it, it's a concept. It's Yeah, it's imaginary. It's completely imaginary. It's imaginary mm-hmm. from start to finish, from front to back. And we live in a society that has decided to allow this imaginary substance and the way that people choose to play with it to be the mm-hmm. end-all be-all in ethics. Like the reason we have no ethics is because people, it's because of laissez-faire economics, people who decide, well, let the market decide what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's foolish and, and it's hubris and we're reaping the whirlwind, you know? Mm-hmm. Because of something that someone once upon a time invented and decided that that's how we should behave <laughs> and more so than it's that weird. because someone once upon a time decided to tell this lie and then all of a sudden had like a million more like whatever they needed than anybody else did and so the mm-hmm. next guy told the same lie and it worked for him too and like the mm-hmm. lie works it will keep working we have to have an understanding of what the lie is and how to not tell it and the lie is if you just give me this thing that I want right now, I'm going to solve all your problems later. Mm -hmm. Somehow that's at the center of all of our American lies. It's like the outsourcing of happiness. Like, no, actually, you know, I think I'm going to actually just do what I need to do for me and let you do what you need to do for you. And like, don't try to sell me anything and I'm not going to try to sell you anything. If you want to give, mm-hmm. if you want to give me something, you can give me something. And if I want to give you something, I'll give you something. But this sell thing is all fucked yeah. up on like a deep, oh. deep psychological level. Oh, and then we're getting to the best part of this episode. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> when they're starting to get real. Time to, time to pay attention. <laughs> Oh, let's get real. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that is Mr. Peanut Butter who dares him, like the most like superficial guy. Yeah, no, he because because he's had it, and also because he, Mr. Peanut Butter. Yeah. yeah, he had this shit with BoJack and Diane for a long time now. I guess he, he, he wants that confrontation. He doesn't have a really good sense of himself. He's not very self aware. So yeah, he, not at all. he got mad. He's constantly like, oh, you validated me. Thank God, because I wasn't so sure about what, what I just said. So he needs that too. Oh, this is the only episode where we get to see her be a real like hard ass too. She's sweetness and light everywhere, but in this episode, and oh yeah, in that one Wanda. scene mm-hmm. that's coming up, yeah, <laughs> she she put her professional cap on, like just to be a, yeah, and you and you start to realize like oh, like maybe she got the job from being in a coma, but that's not how she kept it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I like that. 
he being aware that Bojack sees him as a joke. Someone needs to say that to Bojack. Hey, you have everything. <laughs> Come on. Bojack knows that he has everything. Bojack knows that he yeah. that's and he knows that's that's what he needs. He needs to learn how to receive joy internally. Yeah. Because it's completely different from the outside joy that comes from money yeah. and fame yeah. and everything. And that's and that is at the heart of our social problems is that we live in a society that provides an opportunity for people to fulfill all their dreams except the one dream that we all should be able to fulfill, finding out our own identities. Like at every turn, mm -hmm. we're told, no, that's not who you want to be. You want to be this thing because if you're this thing, then I can sell you this other thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your identity is not going to like... Oh, here it is. You buy here it is. No stuff. Here it is. Oh, yeah, she's terrible in this moment. <laughs> her eyes change she's like you're gonna do this <laughs> oh and there comes Todd yeah here comes Todd <laughs> come cruelly <laughs> <laughs> windows was closed improperly <laughs> <laughs> that is so perfect it's so perfect and a George Foreman grill to, <laughs> to make that thing Oh, that is ridiculous. Like some companies like to buy their employees with respect and pens, like swag. <laughs> the pen phenomenon is really weird. Yeah. There's a whole thing there. But I'm my, but I'm my own dog. And Jack is like, what? Did, did we just solve this whole confusion with that? <laughs> it makes perfect sense it makes for television. perfect sense. <laughs> for totally. the audience. Yeah. You know, honestly, that's always been one of the most baffling moments in the entire show. I have never had a really mm -hmm. firm grasp on why the fuck does Radcliffe come up with that? And why the fuck does that seem to make sense to Mr. Peanut Butter? <laughs> like, I can get where Bojack went along with it. He had no choice. Like Yeah, because Bojack lets himself get bullied into things, right? Yeah. Yeah, because mm -hmm. he he wants to be a victim. Because then, if he's a victim, then he isn't responsible for what he's done, and he doesn't have to change because he can't because it's too hard because he's a victim. Mm -hmm. And he in, in in this moment, I think he wants to be liked too. So he's like, okay, I'm a guest in this show, so I have he's to do guilt ridden. He's just been yeah. outed with this terrible secret that it turns out wasn't even a secret, but that he thought he was in the clear for this secret forever, and that turns out he's known the whole time. Like he's totally raw. 
mm-hmm. and vulnerable. You could you could have made him do anything right then. I think. Yeah, he, uh, yeah you're right. He just discovered that Mr. Peanut Butter knows that he kissed Diane, so he's still processing that in his head. I guess. Yeah, yeah. So why not kiss him? <laughs> like it's beyond guilt. Like it's like he doesn't just feel guilty. He's like, oh my god, I'm guilty on top of I guess guilty. It's guilty and shame and and a lot of stuff because everybody's seeing this and, and stupid and stupid yeah. like not like I'm not only a piece of shit I'm so stupid that I didn't know that they already knew the piece of shit that I was yes of course because they married and I'm just like the third part of yeah. the situation so of course he's vulnerable And they go back to the show like nothing ever happened. Oh, and this. And this has always been so... my favorite part of this episode. <laughs> this is my favorite part of this episode for as much as I love. This is one of my favorite episodes of all of them. <laughs> this is one of those uh, character defining moments. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, and that's, I'm sorry, but when, like, I, that was when, like, I was like, it was over for me. I related to Bojack forever and always. I was like, oh my God, I love you because it's exactly what I would have done. I totally would have done that. Because he's so annoying. Of, uh, because uh, Daniel treats him like shit in, exactly. the, in the back. So now it's the time to pay back. Exactly. <laughs> And he's like, this is for charity. Shut up about your girlfriend. Like, <laughs> like your super it. name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's having so much fun yeah. doing this. You can feel that. <laughs> he's such a dick bag. <laughs> drops the, the, the yep, and that's the end of it bam alan arkin by the way alan arkin who who is the the voice of jd salinger is uh-huh. one of my favorite actors he's been in many of my favorite films he's a brilliant man and i do believe that he was recently one of the people who assisted with the let's all fire our agents thing that's going on with the writers right now uh-huh. And if you would recommend someone to watch something else from him, oh what God, would you say? America's Sweethearts. Mm-hmm. I love him in that. That's one of my favorite roles he's ever played. He does not play a big role in that movie, but he plays a guru. And that's funny. He's only in it for a second. And he's a guru that's helping John Cusack recover from his broken heart because uh-huh. he's broken hearted because Catherine Zeta Jones broke up with him and left him for Hank Azara. Like it's the oh. best move. And her sister, Julia Roberts, mm-hmm. ends up with John Cusack in the end. It's the best movie. Oh. It's the best movie ever made. It's got kind of. it's got Billy Crystal in it. It's like Billy Crystal's one of his last real roles as a, like a I'm sorry, but not a really, really old guy. Like he's a really, really old mm-hmm. guy now. <laughs> I love him. He's <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it after this. So thank you so much for watching this episode with me. I guess we had so much fun. This was so fun (laughs) with the during the episode. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's one of the greatest, and it says so many things in a bizarre way that I love. Yeah, (laughs) like a game show. (laughs) And I'm using this time right after we finish the episode with my guests to. Ask them to teach me something. What can I learn from LA, for God's sake? LA is where you go to sell people screenplays. 
it seems to me that you have the sensibilities of a writer and that you'd be an asset to any writing team. So I feel like you should come down here and be a writer. Oh, that's so sweet of you to say. Yeah. Well, you should, you should try your hand. I'm sorry, but I just taught my husband how to screenwrite. Mm-hmm. And he's so good at it, like just right out, like just right off the bat, like he's got such a talent for it. But maybe my problem is lack of belief in myself. I'm taking a writer's workshop on Saturdays with a man named mm-hmm. Dylan Brody. I follow him on Instagram at Dylan Brody. And mm-hmm. like part of what he's challenging us all about is that you have to have the courage to put it out there on the table. Otherwise, you... it's pointless. Well, it's not that it's pointless. <laughs> It's that you're not growing. It's like you want to be a seed that pops out of the ground, but then you don't want the sun to hit you because it might hurt. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. that's a really reasonable feeling of fear. But Mm -hmm. if you want to grow, you have to push through it or you're just going to stay a little sprout. Mm -hmm. You have to be grateful for the fact that you sprouted at all because there's a lot of seeds out there that just are still under the ground that never popped. Mm-hmm. And, That's a great metaphor. <laughs> right? That's why they call me. Good idea, Leah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this with me, for watching this episode. It was so much fun. This is something Thank you so that much. you have done for me, my friend. Thank you. Oh. And I'll see you guys tomorrow for a new episode. Okay. So, bye-bye. Bye-bye.